Okay, Blake, I've been working on some jingles for our new website launch. So I've got churchy, churchy, church, church dear. Toby, what have I told you about singing on the podcast? It doesn't work. But you know what is working? Our new website. You can actually get it to load on your phone. You can actually buy a new piece of gear without your phone bursting into flames. Well, what if I spelled it out like C-H-U-R-C-G-E-A-R? Toby, Toby, stop. That is not working. But you know what is working? The search bar on our website. You can actually search speakers and speakers will appear. No joke, that didn't always work. Okay, what if I just did something like go to churchgear.com? You know what? That one works. Blake, how far did you make it through college? Well, my smart pals taught me everything after class, so they just barely got me across the finish line. Welcome to the Church Gear Podcast, where we pull the tech director out of the booth and onto the stage to share the most outlandish stories and hidden wisdom from the tech trenches. And now, here are your hosts. I'm your host, Blake Hodges, the only one of the two of us who graduated college, and I'm here with my boss, a man who didn't graduate that I now work for, proving that college is basically useless, Toby Walters. Speaking of basically useless, Blake... Oh, you teed me up for that one. I set myself up too much for that. That's you my sure fault. You sure did. So, uh, I mean, graduated college, no, but finished college, sure. I, I was done. <laughs> Does that count? That's, so That's the creative answer one gives. Now, I, I think I actually, you know, tell the story on the podcast of how close I actually got to finishing. So I won't go into those details here. What I wanted to talk about is kind of like the education I received back in 1998 when I started college. And funny thing, do you remember that Brian, our tech director, and I were both in recording classes together in college? That's right. He's actually got a recording somewhere in the the digital verse of one of your like really, really early on songs that I want to release at some point. Yes. So uh, back in the day, which was back in my day, I know. When were you born? Ninety three. Yep. So when you were five years old and I was in college, I'm not I'm not that young anymore, though. Twenty nine. I'm about to hit 30. 30 is when you got to say I'm I'm getting there, getting there. So we're talking like the the era of ADATs were the new thing. And do you even know what an ADAT is? ADAT over there. ADAT over there. (laughs) You know, in the south. Good try. So ADATs were kind of one of the first generation of digital recorders that were all the rage. So you would, I mean, think of, you know what a VCR is, Blake? Yes, I used to put uh, the first Star Wars movie, which everyone hates as the prequels, into a little VCR in the back of a minivan when going road trips. So ADATs like literally would record onto super VHS tapes. Oh, there were super ones? Super, but it was still digital. VHS plus. And one of the greatest records of all time that used ADATs was Alanis Morissette's original record. So if you ever want to hear the sound of an ADAT, listen to Alanis Morissette's like first record, the big one that was super famous. Uh, Yeah, that's the same record I listened to every night before bed. Obviously. So Brian and I were in this uh, recording program at a community college learning with ADATs. And it was even it was like the very first generation of Pro Tools. Um, It was like stereo pro tools it wasn't even multi-track yet and we still had a reel-to-reel recorder and so our teacher would come into class every morning and granted half the time he was a little hungover from the night before are you serious yes the nicest guy but he would come in and to date myself he would literally have the paper with him do you ever like have you ever read the newspaper blake the paper the new york times 
Have you have you ever like read a newspaper like uh, in physical form? You know, I've got a couple magazines that I read that okay. are from various hobbies. That's close Publications. Enough. You know, it's a physical piece of paper. I read my bills when I have to pay those that they still send in the mail every now and then. Which is yeah, you read dumb. them and then tear them up and be like, nah, those are, I'm I, good. Well, I actually just forward them to your address every time. <laughs> so, you know, back in 98, we're doing ADATs. We're doing, a, you know, Mackie 24 channel mixer, a reel to reel. And so it's amazing to see some of these uh, production schools that are coming up today and the level of things they get to do. And I'm super excited to talk to our guest just sort of about the the new world of education that production people have the option of doing now. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the degrees and the courses that are actually out there in comparison to what there used to be are just unparalleled uh, by comparison. And so uh, we're going to bring in Ryan Lochi, who uh, is a pretty big deal, um, academic director at The Belonging Co. Uh, this is day two or recording two of our podcast episodes at Philo Conference. So you might hear some background noise. Uh, someone might jump on the mic. Who knows? We were recording it live. So let's go to that recording now. We're live from Philo Conference, and we're here with the academic director at The Belonging Co., Ryan Lochi. Hey, everybody. Glad to be here. Toby, do you think Ryan looks like a liar? Got him in person. He's not on Zoom. Mm, he's got this very, like, astute, like, professor look to him. Yeah. Or which cult- he kind of is. He's cultivating that for a long time. So yeah. I, I, I don't know professors to be liars, but... I'm going to go out on a limb here and think maybe he did lie to us. Huh? It's definitely not professors. It's the people in the, um, the academic financial counseling office that are liars. They'll oh, be like, yes. Yeah. Finance yes, take out are this hard. loan. This is a good good move for you. Yeah. Well, you'll only need five grand next year. Oh, every year it goes up by two grand. You didn't say that at the beginning. <laughs> okay. So, Ryan, I'm going to read out your uh, truths in one line. When we lock it in, let mm-hmm. us know if we're right. Okay. Okay. So, number one. I was in a boy band and toured local proms at the height of the NSYNC and Backstreet Boys that's, craze. That's in sync, buddy. Really? Am yeah. I, okay. That's, so, I guess I'm dating myself at this point. In sync. Hang on. I'm a kid NSYNC? of the '90s. <laughs> but you can't read in sync. All right. I am. I am Ron Burgundy. I will read exactly as it is. I didn't think to make that an act. That was an acronym. That's not amazing. A, I'm ashamed. How embarrassing for you. That's more embarrassing than Ryan perhaps touring local proms. Yeah. It is. And here's the thing. I don't get embarrassed often. I am embarrassed at that. I should have known <laughs> yeah. that one. That's great. Okay, number two. I've gotten to hang out with Weird Al Yankovic multiple times. Yankovic. Yankovic. Been, yeah. We rehearsed this ahead of time. John Malkovich, Jan Yankovic. I mean, I don't know. Jan number Yank. three. I'm an original Halo regional tamp- champion. Number four. We couldn't get... MIDI time code to work one Christmas, so I manually ran 1,500 light cues to Lincoln Brewster's Miraculum. How could he possibly run 1,500 manual light cues? Well, I haven't seen his hands yet. Maybe he's got 1,500 fingers. Maybe. Maybe he's the guy from uh, Princess Bride with the six fingers. (laughs) Or he's Doctor Strange, where his fingers just started splinting off into fractional madness. Right, Mm -hmm. right. Okay. All right, number five. In what was a difficult season... My family of four lost 11 hamsters over the course of a single calendar year. Dang. Did you get a cat at the beginning of that year as yeah. well? We've had the same cat for 16 years. He's a, he's a, uh, a peach. <laughs> I don't know. He might be a... Was secret. he getting fatter that year? <laughs> Unexplainedly. All right. Number six. And finally, my team had to catch John Christ halfway through his show to let him know he'd been on stage for 45 minutes with his fly down. <laughs> I want that one to be true. How <laughs> obvious was it down, though? Like, it was a bad obvious? 
I mean, it would belie whether this is a lie or not to be able to back up the That's story, true. right? Yeah. But okay. It's right. quite visible. <laughs> Toby, I'm not drawn to any of these. I'm, I'm going to jump on your back, your bandwagon, mm. your coattails like I normally do. I'm going to go with the Halo regional champion. I feel like the rest of the things are like just way too specific. Mm. And he threw out that Halo thing. Like maybe he loves Halo, but he was never actually a champion. Okay. All right. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to pivot now that I've had some time to think. I'm going to say that those 11 hamsters is too much. No one would buy that many. It's probably like seven. So I'm going to lock in at hamsters. Wow. You literally got it right. I just changed the number. It was Ooh. seven. We did lose seven in one calendar year. Don't tell year. Blake he's right. <laughs> this not is a, not 11. <laughs> but you like, not only did you catch the lie, you, you averaged down to where exactly it was. Wow. It was seven. So it was very tragic for sure. This is oh. your moment, Blake. I've never yeah. told y'all this, but the psychic does run in my family, but we're Christians, <laughs> so we right. don't believe in that. Right. Um, it's prohibited uh, by the Bible. Okay, well, tell us about, like, the 1,500 light cues that yeah. you were running manually. Um, so, yeah, we were trying to get MIDI time code going for that. Um, came from, a, you know, a couple thousand person church in middle of California. Uh, was the experience and worship pastor there for about 20 years. Uh, would have been maybe four years ago or so. And we um, decided we wanted to make like a, you know, dancing lights kind of in the vein of that Trans-Siberian Orchestra Christmas lights show that's on like the side of a house, like that viral video that went out. Um, so we programmed the whole thing. So we're like every hit of the song basically was doing something. Um, but MIDI timecode uh, in typical church fashion, we didn't purchase the right uh, pieces of equipment to make it happen by Christmas. <laughs> so since I programmed the light show, it was up to me at that point to sit there and kind of, luckily I have like experience with like rhythm games, Dance Dance Revolution, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. Like, and apparently so just, Halo. And Halo too, yeah. But uh, I was basically playing along with the song and kind of just tapping all the light cues and making the room go and then soon as as it was over we had to run up on stage and do like the next part of the christmas program so that was like a frantic i think we had like eight shows that year i, I but, never yeah. put two and two together but essentially you're saying lighting designers sometimes are finger drummers yeah it, it was a rhythm it was a rhythm game for me yeah and like i would if i slipped like i could tell and i'd have to like kind of compensate for it but yeah it got it got it was very like zen like for did anyone the notice four minutes. uh just our team i mean because it's dark in the room everybody enjoyed it like but yeah our, so you didn't say you perfectly ran 1,500 cues? No, I probably made 20 mistakes after out of doing, 1,500. Out of, well, 1,500 seven times. And if but, no one noticed, yeah. though, if no yeah. one noticed, it didn't matter. So we're that's talking amazing. like little, like just little, beep, 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 yeah, like bouncing. I with mean, the song. Blake will make 20 mistakes in 19 tries. Sure. But, yeah, that was actually pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So tell us about meeting Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. Multiple times. Um, he was actually my introduction into. Uh, Music. I was just like a very, you know, as a young young guy, didn't really care about popular music. I was born early 80s, so should have been like way into Nirvana and all that, um, but didn't really care. But I got introduced to the music through uh, Weird Al. So he was like my absolute favorite. So my parents, being great parents as they are, um, took me to every concert we could come. So we would catch him at dinner. We would catch him on the way to the bus. Um, got to the point where like when he saw us, like would recognize my family, would invite us and hang out backstage with him and he's super funny and yeah I need to, it's been quite a while since I've done that I need to carry the tradition with my kids now but we haven't had a chance to do it yet and have you seen UHF I love UHF <laughs> Blake do you know what UHF is mm, I do not no it's a movie in the 80s with yeah. Weird Al that'd be the question though do you, I mean you guys are in tech here do you know what like UHF is not the movie but like what <laughs> I mean generally speaking it's waves right right yeah i, I want to know, know you probably know but <laughs> i want i want to see the instagram post where your grand your kids are calling him uh 
weird grandpa or grandpa weird you know weird al <laughs> right yeah that'd be great okay tell us about uh the fly being down for john christ halfway through his show and no but his fly was down we had to send our um what was he? The guy's name was Anthony. He was our connections guy. And he was the uh, the person that was like, hey, man, like you need to catch him. So at the intermission, he pulls him aside and he's like, hey, John, like uh, FYI, <laughs> your fly's been down. He get, Then John got up and he, you know, he's really funny. Like he played it off and he's just kind of joking. Like nobody told him like the whole time he's up there, like not a single person said a word. Just let him do it. Like, yeah. did he have more set left? Yeah, he had a half a set. and he well, Did he use that as a bit? Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, about five minutes, roasted Anthony, roasted us for not letting him know. He's, yeah. yeah. He was a great guy. That's yeah. great. Yeah. I mean, Blake, your fly's been down this whole time, this whole conference. <laughs> well, and I'm used to getting roasted by Toby, so I just wouldn't even notice. Mm-hmm. Right. Nope. Be like, your fly's down. I'm like, I fly that right, way. Right. Okay. So let's, let's, let's get into some actual goodness <laughs> after all of that. Um, tell us the history of the Belonging Co. Like, how did it get started? Yeah. Why did you all meet on Tuesday night specifically? Sure. Yeah, so um, pastors Alex and Henry um, started basically meeting with um, artists on a Tuesday night. So like typical cycle for artists in Nashville that are like in circuits for touring and stuff like that, they're going to be gone Sundays. Like they're, they're going to be back on Sundays. So Henry and Alex started just doing a Bible study. Um, I want to say somewhere around 2014 or so. Um, started doing a Bible study with some artists and friends and just started inviting people to it. Um, I remember uh, meeting with Henry because he's been connected with my brother and family for a long time through some other stuff. I remember my brother like saying like, man, you're going to, you're going to end up starting a church. And he was just saying like, I'm just doing what the Lord wants. Um, but at that point he had no intention of starting a church, but he was just meeting with people and it's just grown and grown and grown um, into what it is now. So a couple of services on Sunday, you know, Tuesday night, still meet there and a college, which is how I got involved. So, yeah. That's great. Um, did he do it specifically for NSYNC in their <laughs> touring schedule? Right, if they would come. He wanted to get in sync with yeah. NSYNC, right, Blake? Yeah. That makes total sense. There was, like, so we do really fun, like, uh, volunteer team parties and conferences. We had a volunteer party for uh, Christmas, and we, there was actually a legitimate looking into what it would take to get Lance Bass, one of the members of NY. It's insane. Judging one of, one of the, the, the shows yeah. he has cameoed on, cameoed on recently, yeah. I don't think it takes much anymore. Well, you can, yeah. you can it, land it was, that bass on the I line. Yeah, we, we didn't get him, but it was definitely like, we did like a 90s-themed Christmas party, which was like fantastic, but that would have that would have been the It would have put it over to the top. Yeah. There, yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, Ryan, you see a lot of church decks. Sure. We see a lot of church decks. One of the things we have noticed with them is they're dropping like flies. Yeah. I mean, it's... All jokes aside, like it's honestly kind of concerning um, the amount of production leaders that are leaving the church in droves. Uh, so tell us how the Belonging Co. is bringing up the next generation of church tech directors. Like, yeah, I mean, you guys have a real important part to play in keeping the church fueled with resource. Yeah, yeah the pe- some of the the most um, important resource that no one knows they need because right. no one knows they need the tech director if they're doing their job, which yeah. is kind of not good because then you don't realize you know, the behind the scenes stuff. So, so right. tell us about that. Yeah. So one of the core like hearts of the house, the belonging and the college is um, servant hearted people. Um, so I think what the, one of the things that's really like blown me away about like the whole, even just volunteer culture, which has now bled into the college is just everybody is there to serve the mission of the Lord, to serve Holy Spirit, to help facilitate moments um, for people to come to know the Lord. And that is like the foremost thing that we try to build into all of our students. Like they do practicums, which is basically their hands-on experience with our ministry. Um, and they're, they're learning 
uh, how to do what they're doing, but we're very, very keen on making sure that their spiritual health is in the right place. Because ultimately when they finish their degree and they go get into a church, like all of the you know, tactile, hands-on work that they're doing, um, they're all real sharp. You know, if you want to get into production, like it, you tend to spend enough time to learn how to do it. You don't really need like a bunch of like education for it. But for us, the big thing is to make sure that their heart's in the right place. And I know it's going to pay dividends. We're only at it for two years. So we've seen a couple go off at this point, but I know in the years to come, it's going to be incredible um, to just see these servant-hearted people ready to like jump into the church and help train others and build up others. That's awesome. So I've realized that you and I have, you know, sort of a little parallel situation that we both came out of California and we both landed in Nashville to work with Christian education (laughs) in the like worship and tech space. Yeah. So I was thinking on my experience, I went to a university that had existed for a hundred years and had a hundred years of tradition. Yeah. And so to try and, you know, raise up the next generation of techs and worship artists, it was a battleground. Sure. Um, And so are you finding with Belonging Co. that like you guys get to do things that you wouldn't normally get to do in the education space because Belonging Co. is a new thing and it's very, you know, it's progressive in this in this uh, climate. Yeah, I mean, it's really neat that we're we're definitely poised to invent where we are, and I really appreciate we're um, we're an extension site of Southeastern University in uh, Lakeland, Florida, and they have a number of extension sites all over. So you the have country. accreditation then? Yeah, you have like, and that's that's one of the big things that you know drew me to being a part of it, because it means a lot to actually not only finish a ministry like being in ministry and getting a degree from it, but actually having that degree like mean something, be transferable, apply for stuff, and like we have business majors, psychology majors that are coming. So we're not like a strictly ministry school, but all that to say Southeastern University has been very accommodating. And even like the way they're working, they're trying to figure out this educational space now in 2022, because education, church, I mean, the world is changing with technology and all that. And Southeastern has been great to be a part of like trying to help us figure out, okay, how can we actually give them credit for what you are trying to do and finding out how to match that with the education. Can they come to the Belonging Co. College and get like a degree or a certificate or? Yeah, we have uh, degrees, bachelor's degrees, associates, masters, and then we also have certificate programs um, that people can come get the certificate. You have to have a bachelor's, maybe an associate's, um, and I think it's just a bachelor's, like, but you have to already have a degree to come do the certificate. And the big part of that is like, we don't want someone coming straight out of high school just getting a certificate because the certificate is good for experience, but we want you to actually have like that transferable bachelor's associates like an actual degree if we can lean you that direction we're going to go for that that's an interesting choice though because we've seen i can't tell you how many tech directors they go they spend middle school high school volunteering in church yep uh they go to college you know at full sail or wherever or belonging to wherever for like a year yeah and then they're done they go to a they get a full-time job yep and they're off and running so or they hit the road or they yeah. hit the road yeah, uh, yeah like do you guys wonder uh, not to put you on your toes, but just yeah. I'm curious. I mean, do you worry how many people you could be missing out on? Because that we've seen that story repeat a lot. Yeah, um, we do take people in for the certificates for sure. But again, not young, um, straight out. Like just because we like we really value, especially like all the degrees with Southeastern. You're going to spend some time learning some Old Testament, New Testament. There's some general ed, which I just like as a guy. I'm working on a PhD uh, with Liberty, so. I'm probably too a little too skewed on how much education is awesome. Like I'm going to be the guy that's going to say education is awesome, but I just it genuinely makes you a more well-rounded person to go through the struggles of like doing some like lower level math and some English. Like it just it makes you a better person. 
it's hard to pitch that to an 18 year old that's already connected. Um, and like we have, there's a couple of our students that are on tour with some big names already. And so they go out and then they come back for our practicums and you know, they, they do great with it. Um, but I think it's a, it's kind of an investment in the future really, uh, of their own lives. Like I, I, I know that in 10 years, taking the time to like invest in themselves and to learn through a, like a strong college education will pay a lot more off for them personally than if they just jump straight into the industry, which again, there's going to be outliers on both sides. Um, I always tell people like it's going to, it's ultimately going to be your call, uh, on what you're trying to do, but yeah, I'm always going to advocate for, you know, getting at least some education. It makes you more well-rounded. I need this episode not to make it to my wife's ears because we have this debate all the time. She has a master. She teaches at a community college. Yeah. And I often argue like, you don't need a degree. You don't need four years of school. Right. But yes, there's absolutely benefit in education. And, you know, is a tech director going to benefit from, you know, calculus? I don't know about that. But right. will they benefit from like writing classes and business courses? Sure. And, Psychology, absolutely. Right. Well, and Toby's also one class shy of not his even bachelor's degree. Not even a class. Okay. I have never said this on the podcast that's, here. That's why I want you so, to bring it up. So from my Christian university, I have, I have 140 credits. Huh. The only thing I'm missing is a piano proficiency test huh. for that's my great. degree. Yeah. So that's it. So Ryan, we actually had you on the podcast to knight Toby a college uh, degree. Like, see yeah, can I, see if we could wave that. Yeah, how do like presidents test? and yeah. like you know Nobel Prize winners get the like the honorary degrees? Yeah. Yeah. Like, can I get one of those? I think we figured out. I, I, what's really funny, my undergrad was music, and I um, didn't. Nobody told me, so I did a associates in music, transferred into a four-year university in California, CSU. Um, and nobody told me about the piano proficiency tests, and I was a guitar major. I uh -huh. knew a little bit of piano, um, but see, it's just not yeah, right. No, is what one, you're no one told me about it. So I, I crammed piano. I took a my my. I was a pastor, worship pastor at the time. They let me just take a week. I'm like, I'm gonna go sit at a piano for a week and get it. So. I just sat down, got the thing done, went in, and did the test. I think Ryan's <laughs> smarter than me because there's nope, nope. I, I tried I to do that petition. Hang on, well, just scales. I just ran scales and uh, scales and scales. And protecting <laughs> the boss's ego is a high priority for me. So here's <laughs> what we're gonna do. You can Iron Man, uh, Spider Man him, right? You know when Iron Man just puts his hand on on Peter's shoulder and says, "I dubbed the an Avenger." You can do that for him right now and make him a college grad. I don't have that power yet till yes, I'm at do. like an official doctor. Like okay. I don't have the. PhD Although I was thinking, <laughs> we're at Willow Creek right now. I'm sure there's two pianos. He can just. I mean, if he did it in a week, proficiency. Yeah. then we'll just sit down together. Repetition, he said. <laughs> right. Yeah, we'll film it. We'll send it in to them. Okay. Um, all jokes aside, though, I, I really do want to drill down into that more more about the reasons to go to college versus the real world experience. And yeah. I don't say it combatively at all. Yeah, um, sure. I, I, I think there's a lot of merit on all sides to all arguments in life, and we never... Uh, and, and you're a rare guest for us in that you are advocating for more education sure. whereas most of our guests are like yeah i went to college for a semester or a year and then and just then left and yeah. you know well, i mean world. i i have this conversation with student like prospective students current students all the time like at the end of the day it's gonna like especially getting involved in tech like you kind of are you gotta it's the same thing as being like a strong worship leader like you could make yourself um very marketable just by being a fantastic singer or player and the education will really not make that big of a difference. So really like the only thing I can advocate for is I just genuinely think like it will make you a smarter person. Even like you'd mentioned calculus, like just learning calculus, the process that that puts your brain through will just pay dividends for the way you think about things um, in the future. Let me see if I can reframe it. Does it almost, uh, I reiterate things to make sure I know them. Yeah. Does it almost feel as if the mental exercise of learning something, even if it's not directly applicable to your 
build a study, trains your brain to learn new things that you might need in the future. Yeah. Like, like, like almost like yeah. a muscle. Yeah, it makes your brain better. Yeah. <laughs> but do you think Blake could learn calculus? Because, I mean, he's a pretty face, but he is dumb. Oh, man, I'll take that pretty face compliment <laughs> all take, yeah. day. Yeah, you can. Calculus, I mean, I, I ended up, I mean, a long story there, too, but when I first started college, I was thinking I was going to get into computer science, so I ended up getting up through Calculus 3 um, and then didn't need about 18 units worth of math by the time I was done with it. But I, like, just mastered the theory courses, and there was definitely, like, I could definitely feel, like, the mathematical connection with music theory, and so, yeah, it all kind of just plays together. My so brain yeah, hurts you can, already. You can learn it. <laughs> yeah, no, I dropped out of AP Stats right before my senior year in high school and was like, I'll take the, right. it's called discrete math, which was code for Blackman High School's like, yeah, we're just going to chill. Yeah. It was. <laughs> That's why you're dumb. Yeah, yeah I cannot, yeah. the math, I got the calculator sure. on my phone. Yeah. You know? Well, there was like a provincial, like the Lord moved it there too. My wife ended up being, she, she was a math teacher. Now she's robotics and computer science, but yeah. The Lord, like, put that together. Now my wife and I can communicate. I yeah. think we have the smartest family, you know, on our podcast right go. now that we've ever had. Well, and Toby's wife's a college professor. My wife's a college professor. Yeah, I really? said that about yeah. your wife. I'm Dang. like, there it is. our wives. Yeah. Look at the- us. Two dummies and a smart person with <laughs> college professors as wives. That's great. Okay, so I wanted to ask, uh, I know for for me getting like a church music degree and then I was just talking to a guy at a major Christian university yeah. and talking about how, like, you know, you get a degree in production or, or worship ministry, and it's like 90% of your classes are just general education right. or music history, and there's very little, like, real-world practical experience on yeah. doing tech right. or doing worship leading. Like, how at the Belonging Co. are you giving these students yeah. just the opportunity to sure. cut their teeth Yeah. And- so the worship pra- services? practicum is their hands-on experience. I, I do love, like, I mean, you can go to... I would just kind of Google Southeastern University's degree plans. Like the degree plans are actually put together really well. So there's a lot of like worship leading courses. There's a lot of like tech courses, but then at the Belonging Co, you get the hands-on experience. The practicum is basically a three unit course that if students take every semester while they're there. And that's where they get the opportunity uh, to sit under, you know, all of our production people, our worship artists, like they spend time with them. Uh, like the worship people, for instance, wrote a song and had it like critiqued by some of the artists at the church and kind of had that like rubbing shoulders with that and the tech guys they have a fantastic time um because they just jump they get right into the fold and they help run everything and yeah some of them are just fantastic um got fantastic ears so yeah are you seeing any trends because like we mentioned the trend of seeing people drop out real quick i mean you're on the other side of it we'd love to hear any of that like are you seeing trends uh in the education space with church techs with worship leaders like how's any any of those you could illuminate us to um i mean we're, so Belonging's only been at it for a couple years. We just graduated uh, like 10 students uh, this semester, graduated. Like we still don't even have like a four-year program, but um, we'll see more out of the Belonging. I just know personally, like thinking over the scope of like all the worship leaders and techs and stuff that I've talked to, um, it's, just, it's really like a longevity thing. I think like a lot of times I see the people that jump straight into something at 18 without like really taking a step back and trying to build themselves um, often burn out. Um, and I guess, I mean, ultimately this is all anecdotal, <laughs> No, that's kind of just what, Wait, you, you know. didn't bring statistically significant evidence. To <laughs> I mean, I guess you can see podcast. like that's a, as a PhD, I'm like just getting into the dissertation. You did calculus three. So right, yeah. statistics I mean, should be all the no problem. Side We're two yeah. dummies. You don't need sources yeah. with us. I like data. I mean, yeah, I like data. I like sources. <laughs> like, like I'm looking forward to like five, 10 years from now. 
oh. seeing like what it means for the belonging. But starting a college feels a lot like yeah. starting a, a a bourbon company. It's a lot of work when you're first starting, but then you know starts paying dividends later. Right. Um, let's get back to the burnout because yeah. we see we see an alarming amount of that. Right. And it's very concerning. Do you feel like the like getting your your four year degree yeah. um, really kind of helps you prevent against burnout because it gives you like a holistic view. Don't let me put words in your mouth. I'm, yeah, sure. I'm honestly just looking for some optimism on how to prevent burnout because it's prevalent <laughs> through our people. Right. I think there's a, um, I mean, this is part of where my dissertation's going is to kind of see the heart of where worship and church growth and all that is. I think we're on the, COVID probably kicked it really hard, but like jumping everybody online and now everybody kind of coming back and finding this balance of church um, I just think the whole church industry, if you will, is going through some sort of a shift and I don't know precisely what it's turning into. Um, but a lot of the burnout I see right now, um, I feel like can come from our church shut down. So we turned our entire creative production team into like a video studio and we're just going to create content constantly. And now we're opened again, but we don't want to let go of that content, but we're not going to also hire double the staff to be able to handle it. So I'm seeing a lot of the like guys are like, okay, I don't, I don't, I'm out. You know, I can't, I can't deal with this anymore. That's terrifying to me because <laughs> as a content guy myself, I can totally see that scenario playing out sure. where you don't want to let content go. If yeah, you, don't you keep started, the you started it. So you have to keep it up. But I've yeah. also seen businesses do that. And I hate to say businesses and churches in the same sentence, but yeah, like sure. a lot of businesses will, will, they will grow their uh, output without growing their staff. Right. I had to give Toby a compliment. He's really good at that. We've been, we've been I don't, I don't just pour it on Blake. Come on. I, I don't want to do this, but he's been growing. Like church gear staff's been growing at the same rate or trying to yeah. uh, as our growth. And so that's terrifying to me that I was looking for some optimism and that just sounds like it's going to, oh, that that's burnout. the reason I think it's happening. But I, the, the optimism on it, I think is just genuine, honest, open conversations. Um, before I was over at belonging, I was a worship and experience pastor at that church for 20 years. And I had, um, long-standing relationship with the lead pastor there and there was a lot of like open and honest conversations about like hey this isn't sustainable like you'd really need like you know for the production guy whoever your direct report is you need like a really good rapport with them you need to have them help understand what your workflow is what your workload is um, so that they can advocate for you with your lead pastor with your team to be able to hire for you a lot of times for me it'd be like here's the three things we can do I don't have enough like team to be able to pull off all three i want to let one go so i'd present it all to lead, the lead pastor and we'd decide okay let's not do this or let's get a contractor to make sure we're doing all of it so the optimism i guess is open and honest relationship and conversation with your leaders okay i wanted to ask uh you know you're been in education space for a long time and you've got big dreams and big ideas what are some things either like at the belonging co college you are working towards that are really cool that you guys are going to do or something that you've dreamed of being able to do that you can't yet but it's on the dream board um honestly for us we just want to serve as many students as we can and having only been two years i like when i came on board like the joke about the belonging is kind of we're uh we're a bus that's running 60 miles an hour down the road, putting a wheel on while we're going. And then like one of our executives. doesn't sound like any other company I know. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it goes. One of, our, one of our executive pastors jokes now, they're like, well, now we're an airplane and we're trying to put a, yep. like a, one of the wings on. You, while you we're jump here. off a cliff and try and assemble the airplane right, yeah, on the way down. Trying to get the thing going. Yep. But we just want to make sure that we're like really like kingdom-minded, servant-hearted students. Like we want them to come through it feeling like they're valued as people uh, more than anything else and to carry that like uh, such a healthy culture at our church for our volunteers and our staff we want them to carry that culture out into more churches 
and to help like in a, in a little way we want to help you know plant seeds that way brian i want to pitch you on something this is a surprise pitch i didn't tell you sure. this would happen ahead of time i want you to consider adding a course at the belonging co and it's the hard conversations course because seriously that's uh lee fields that's what he said on our episode uh, a couple episodes back yeah. um that he, he put out a challenge he said just have a hard conversation this week pick or i think he said five yeah he's like write down the things i'm paraphrasing horribly here but essentially that are bothering you yeah. that you know you need to yeah. just talk to your head pastor about right navigate through that and you're both like a lot of times and todd elliott said this that like on a previous episode the pastor doesn't realize what they're asking right you got to talk to them so that they know yeah like, they asked you for 80 hours on on an accident right um so, so what do you think about that? Having a hard conversations course, I think that'd be really helpful. It's part of our um, practicum, honestly. Like we have, we have panels on that. Um, I taught a course last semester called Leading Team-Driven Organizations. So that was a couple weeks worth of like discussion, honestly. So yeah, it's a good, we've got a good program. He's way ahead of you, Blake. <laughs> He's well, working I mean, on his PhD and you dumb. <laughs> you're, well, you're right though. I mean, those honest conversations are key. And then I always like, I always bring a caveat like, there's no promise that like anyone's lead pastor is going to be like this perfect person. And I think we need to understand that they're not. So just because we present it to them doesn't mean they're going to see our side entirely. And you got to just like network through that or not network, uh, you know, navigate that. <laughs> How about I pitch something to him that I think he'll actually love? Wait, hang on. Let me respond to what he said then there. <laughs> um, yes. Have that hard conversation. And honestly, in that conversation, if I could give you any encouragement, dear listener, it's not that they can fix your problem immediately. Because right. almost no boss can. The fact, if as long as your your boss, direct report, your pastor, whoever, is willing to just have the conversation, yeah. that's the biggest step. Sure. Um, which is something Toby also does well. All right, what yeah. are you gonna say? Uh, I'm pitching that uh, we need some uh, belonging co students, either during the program or post, that wanna, you know partner with us at church gear yeah. this is the whole reason we brought you we on it's a real out. moment i'm yeah. just trying to get more uh, more employees because yeah. you said as we're growing i'm trying to get employees so welcome ryan lochi yeah there's ways to figure out how to make that happen we just got to figure out like i said i'm i'm part of the glue that helps figure out how to make it like accredited and like balanced with what seu needs out of what they're trying to get but yeah and we don't want the duds we want all the all just the good of, ones. All of our students are fantastic. I hope I, was, all I knew this. he was going to say that the moment you did it. <laughs> they I'm are, sure they're they're all, all wonderful people. <laughs> I would say that about my employees, but I do have one that's kind of a dud. <laughs> is he? Is he right here? Wait it, a minute. Uh, he's he's somewhere. I you know I have so many responses to that, and I'm going to hold him in because I really want to get to this question. Yeah. Um, okay, last one before we get to your tech takeaway. Uh, what is essentially the biggest thing people miss out on? when they just get real world experience, they skip the foundational book knowledge, they skip the college, the degree, and they just go out into the world. What's the, if you were having that moment where someone's like, I'm about to leave and you're like, that's fine. Do what's best for you. Here's what you'll miss. Yeah. Um, again, coming from the guy that's working on a PhD, I'm in education and I'm almost like legally obligated to advocate for school. But um, I think a lot of times we don't know what the entirety of our life is going to be. Um, when I started a master's program, I did it kind of just because I did an undergrad in music and then I did a master's in theology because I wanted to be a worship pastor. So I was like music and a pastoral, like, and I did it just for that. I, at the time, had no clue that I would be getting into education, um, that the Lord would like draw me into doing this PhD. So, I mean, especially with like tech, like there may be times where you kind of need to bivocationally do stuff. Like you may want to start your own like side hustle in tech, but it would help you to have a degree to be able to go pay the bills for a little bit. 
Um, so I'd say at, at 18, it's a whole lot easier to start doing some education than when you're 30 and you got a kid and you're married and you have a house and a mortgage and all that. So there's never a better time to try to lay some groundwork than 18. Um, I mean, that's a really good point because we, and this is kind of tragic, but we see a lot of tech directors by vocational or side hustling because they're not getting paid enough. And so yeah. that's, that is a good point that that could help. Yep. Well, okay, Ryan, I want to get your tech takeaway. Okay. So essentially imagine you're a, you're a tech at a, at a church. It's your Sunday. What's something you would tell them that would make their Sunday better? This could be technical, could be philosophical. Yeah. Um, essentially, we, we love to get the weird tip that you have found in your life of like, this is something that helps that no one would ever think of. It's kind of your unique flavor of advice. On how to encourage the techs on the weekend? How to encourage them. <laughs> something Essentially, just something that would make their Sundays better. Uh, snacks are always, I mean, that's kind of a low-hanging fruit thing. We, we would always hit on... Um, especially when we were running into like the Christmas program where we have to manually do 1500 cues and then give me a microphone and let's run up there. Like, I think like having fun as a team is, is a big thing, like and encouraging them that we care more about who they are than what they do, which has been a big theme of this whole Philo conference that we've been at. Like that's not a new thought, but God has genuinely cared about who everybody is versus like the actual effort that goes into the week uh, or into the weekend service. And for me, like when I was directly over text, my big thing was always trying to run interference for the mistakes that were naturally going to happen is to make them not uh, beat themselves up over it. Now, if they're making the same mistake for six weeks, then that's, you know, different kind of conversation that I got to go have with them throughout the week. But those little flubs that the lead pastor is going to have a real big problem with, like I would always do my best to kind of run interference on that, encourage them and then go to the lead pastor and, you know, try to smooth it over on his side. Mm, I like that. Good culture creating and a, yeah. a, a, a kindness in accountability. Yeah. Well, Ryan, is there anything you'd like to plug, man? We appreciate you coming on. Uh, yeah, come to the Belonging Co. College. I do a podcast too, Church Collective Worship Leader Podcast. Been doing that for a real long time. Um, probably a bunch of other things I'm not thinking about, but yeah, I'm all over the place. Find me on Instagram, TikTok. He's just going to plug education. Yeah. Yeah. Get educated, people. He's plugging <laughs> the hole in the, uh, like, quickly draining intelligence of the world with education. <laughs> As you are a prime example of, Blake. Oh, I'm the first one out that hole. Gosh. All right. So, man, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for listening. And hey, congratulations on Surviving Sunday. If you happen to make it through next Sunday as well, join us again for your weekly Tech Breather. Blake, as you can hear in the background, we have hundreds of our friends walking by, all our tech director friends. I mean, I wish I could tell them something. What, what would I want to tell them? Well, we would tell them that education is valuable, and we would tell them you should get an education on this episode. You should text it to a buddy. Absolutely, because if you uh, are going to get education anywhere, it'd definitely be the Church Gear Podcast. Yep, via our intelligence that we got from the Belonging Co. So take this episode link, text it to a friend. Don't, don't do it later. Do it right now, because you know, you're saving their life with that education. Okay, Blake, I've been working on some jingles for our new website launch. So I've got churchy, churchy, church, church gear. T Toby, what have I told you about singing on the podcast? It doesn't work. But you know what is working? Our new website. You can actually get it to load on your phone. You can actually buy a new piece of gear without your phone bursting into flames. Well, what if I spelled it out like C-H-U-R-C-G-E-R? Toby, Toby, stop. That is not working. But you know what is working? The search bar on our website. You can actually search speakers and speakers will appear. No joke, that didn't always work. Okay, what if I just did something like go to churchgear.com? Uh, you know what? That one works.